0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Catholic Mindset. Today, we're talking about grief. This is a very important topic for a lot of people. A lot of people go through this and they don't share it. And a lot of people see it and experience it and don't know how to handle it and how to deal with it. Today's guests, we have Bea Briseño and Gonzalo Lauria. They both lead a bereavement group where they help people during grieving, especially grief due to the loss of a loved one. In this episode, we're breaking down what grief is and the stages of grief. We talk about how your faith can help you through the process. We will learn how to help someone who is grieving and what not to say to someone that's grieving. Join us and get to know Bea and Gonzalo as they teach us how to handle grief and support those we love. Welcome to Catholic Mindset Podcast, where we will explore Catholic fundamentals. I am your host, Alejandro Cervali. Join me as I explore the plethora of knowledge of our faith. Every part of our being is created in the image of God, including our minds. We must begin to imitate the mindset of Christ Jesus. What we learn here, I encourage you to contemplate, practice, and incorporate. We will look into the basics, prayers, traditions, histories, and practices used by our church to gain union with Christ. I pray that what you learn here enriches your heart and soul. Please subscribe to the podcast and sign up for our newsletter information in the show notes. Bea Gonzalo, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us today. How are you guys?
1: Thank you, Alejandro, for inviting us today. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here.
0: Thank you, Alejandro. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, I am excited because this is a very interesting topic that we're going to talk about today, which is grief, which is part of our Catholic faith and experience, which is, it, and it's. I don't think it's something that people talk about a lot. You know, they experience it and, and they seek help when they're going through it. But those that are not, don't know a lot about it. So I'm glad that we're talking about grief, especially when you have friends or people that you love that are experiencing through it, which is one of the things we're going to talk about today, is how to deal with grief or how to help people. I'm excited.
1: Thank you. I'm excited too.
0: So um, before we begin, let's get to know you guys a little bit, Bea. Would you like to go first? Tell us a little little bit about yourself.
1: So I'm Beatriz Beliseño, and I have three little girls, Fabiana, Federica, and Fernanda. I'm from Venezuela. And I lost my husband, Gustavo, a year and a half ago. He battled against cancer for a year, colon cancer. And so I've been in the process of grief ever since he was diagnosed with cancer. That was in 2018.
0: What about you, Gonzalo? Gonzalo
2: Lauria. I'm also from Venezuela. A cousin of uh, Gustavo Bea's husband. The reason I got involved in grief is I'm um, going through a training program in spiritual companionship, not knowing anything about bereavement. The father, JC, here at uh, our parish, asked about, or he mentioned that he wanted to have a bereavement ministry. And I didn't have a clue what it was. But I talked to the director of my program, and they actually had a training program for parishes to create Believement Ministries. And that was the reason I got involved in this. I really wasn't thinking about what we were going to do, and, and I didn't have uh, Gustavo's uh, death in my mind at that time. It wasn't really what we were expecting when we started this this
0: program. And you, you mean Believement or, or, or griefment? Bereavement.
2: Bereavement. Bereavement. Bereavement is, is usually the way that the broad definition that they use for these kind of ministries. Okay. And and within the bereavement ministry, we have this grief support group.
0: Got it. All right. So grief. Let's let's start by defining grief before we break it down. What is grief? The most
2: common definition it's I have it written here, which I think uh, grief is often defined as the emotional reaction to loss. The thing is, this definition can be limited. It is not understood properly because feelings are important, part of grief, but they're not the whole story. So in addition to feelings, the bereaved person may experience reactions that are distinctively cognitive physical behavioral social or spiritual in nature it can be defined as the emotional reaction to loss but it's definitely much more
1: than that
0: and before before we jumped on the podcast you guys were talking about that there are stages to to the grief
1: grief is a an organic process that it comes as it comes and Doctor named Elizabeth kubler Ross that defined grief through stages. She did this investigation for terminal uh, patients at the end of their lives. And she came out that the patients went through these stages through their grief um, before dying. And also that after dying, the relatives went through these stages as well the importance of these stages is to know that these are not stages that go lineal they can go in different uh, moments during your grief time and maybe they appear the five of them maybe only one or you can stay in one for a long time and then you can jump to the third one or to the fourth one but It doesn't have a time frame that you go into them. The first stage of grief will be shock or denial for what you're living. And most of the people stay here for a long time. If you stay here for a long time or forever, and you don't move forward, because in grief, you don't move on, you move forward. You can get to your life, a lot of um, emotional trash, because in, in the denial of not accepting that someone is dead you can start living your life trying to to cover your feelings instead of leaving them so what i will say the importance of these stages is that you need to feel them each of them and you have to know that it's okay not to be okay and Um, taking a pause in grief in each of the stages so the first will be the denial or the shock the the second one will be the pain and the guilt Um, guilt it's something that is very common what if what if what if during the guilt I'm talking about death in during this grief I'm talking because there's different griefs i mean you can have a grief of a pet you can have a grief of a job you can grieve you have a grief of land you have you have several griefs in your life i'm talking right now the grieving of a relative that died so david kessler who is a wonderful person about grief he says there's a fact and the fact is this person died no matter what if i could have done this or that. Death is there and death is, a, is something that comes. It's a roller coaster. You're in shock and you you get into the, into the guilt and then comes the anger and you get very angry. You can get very angry with your loved one that died uh, because he died or you can get very angry with you. You can get very angry with everything that goes in the world around. After that will come the depression that it's a natural reaction in grief uh, because it's a, it's a way to react. What we say is if we stay here for a long, long time, then it can, it can get to a critical or medical uh, problem. Then comes the acceptance that this person uh, died and it takes time. I can't say how long. Every person has a unique grief. So what is for you, it's not for me. So the acceptance of uh, knowing the person is not longer here, it can take however long. And there's a, another, an, a new stage of grief um, that David Kessler came uh, with. It's a finding a meaning about this death. So I would say after this resurrection, after this light that comes afterwards, you find a meaning. So that's when people have create foundations about cancer or something that comes with the griefs that they they went through. These are the stages, shock, pain, anger, depression, acceptance, and now defining meaning, which is not lineal, it's a roller coaster. And you can be at any point any time you can be like so happy now and then it triggers you something and you come to the anger and it triggers you and you go to the guilt Uh, at the beginning it's like very short like the mountain it's very it's very short and then the time goes and it flows a little bit separate. So you don't go up and down in in a day that many times. So what I feel important in these stages of grief is who you are in the pain. For me, it is very important to sit down and feel every stage. Who you are in the pain, who you are in the anger, who you are in the depression, who you are in the acceptance. And this is not something that you chose. This is something that happened to you. After saying this happened to me, who am I in this pain? And that's when I say you get out through the stages. Who am I here? How do I react when I am angry? How do I react when I am depressed? And that's how, for me, it's a tool to get moving through each part of the release. So
0: understand, understanding who you are during the stages, how do you react or respond to them? helps you move through them?
1: I would say yes. I would say yes, because you get to sit with it. You get to sit with your pain. You get to know who you are. You get to know what you want. You get to know what are you feeling? Feeling the pain, feeling the suffering, it's, it's something that we don't like. And that's when you can get into the denial. You can get there forever and you can get involved in very trashy, emotional things. You need to know what is going on with you. You need to know, you need to feel you. You need to, you get to know who you are. And that's where you're going to to know through these laws, there's a lot of things that you're going to win. But the only way, you can know this is pausing yourself, um, sitting, sitting there in um, feeling everything that is going and recognizing that you are angry and you say, you know what, today I am angry. I am angry in saying out loud to a friend, to to someone saying, I am angry because I envy people who have their husbands right now and I don't. I, I feel... Angry, and you can recognize your feelings, and so that's the way you can know what you are going through and what's going on in you.
0: How do how do you recommend someone to sit and feel? Is it something you do alone? Is it something you do with someone, or is it? How does that? How do you do that? How do I sit in my stages? How do I do? I just do. I just sit here, and I'm like.
1: No, it's it's hard it's hard it's hard yeah I, I was in a bereavement group and and I learned that the, the that phrase you have to sit with it and that was a question who came into my mind said, yeah how okay so I stay the whole day in the chair sitting with it no you need to find a space there's something important in grief you have to pamper yourself you need to have a me time every day so it can be praying it can be walking it can be um having a coffee it can be sitting you alone and thinking what's going on with me at the end of the day um so that's when i i would i would say that's how you're going to sit with it and and getting to know your feelings and expressing them to the person or to the people and getting to express what you want and, and this is very important because through grief, you have symptoms that go with your, with your, with your grief. So you lose appetite. There's a loss of appetite. There's a loss of memory. I mean, I find myself like Dory, the Nemo one the you know, the little fishy and the, I am like that. I have been like that like for two years. I keep forgetting. And I tell my friends, I have memory loss. And I, am, I know that it's a part of grief. I didn't know that. I, at the beginning, I would say like, what's going on with me? I, I, I keep forgetting everything. And it's a, part, it's a part of grief. It's a process. And your sense of humor changes everything. But you need to know that. Talking to people who are experiencing grief or who are going through the process of grief would let you know that that's perfectly normal. Because feeling depressed, Feeling angry can get a lot of guilt in you. So, so talking to people around you who are going through grief and saying, Listen, I don't know what's going on with me. I have this pain here that I can barely breathe. So, a person that has been going through grief will tell you that's okay. It's going to be there for a while. So, I, you say, I would sit with this pain because I know that a hundred people, a million people, are going through this and they are telling me that this pain, the sharp pain, will pass. doesn't mean that the love is going to end. Pain will pass, shall pass, and that's when I say the faith goes within this. I mean, if you have faith, it's something that it's a win-win to you.
2: Yeah, definitely what you believe in determines a lot of how you deal with your grief. And that's what we see in in our experience here at the, at the parish in the group. And I can make make it personal. I mean, in my case, I lost my mother suddenly about three years ago, and uh, believing that she is in some other place, that she didn't die spiritually, and and that she's still here with us. And and when we, I mean, we as Catholics, for example, when we go to to mass and we take communion, we are in communion with also the people who are not physically here with us. So to me, that is very helpful to deal with my loss. In in other ways, that it helps me, and I and I know it helps everyone in the group uh, that we have here is to maintain that relationship with the one who died. It's not like they died and they disappear. So if we believe that people transform through death and but they still exist and we can still have that relationship with the dead one that definitely helps a lot and makes the grief work significantly healthier because we 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 like Bea was saying we don't try to move on we we keep trying to move forward but we acknowledge that that person's still there, that that relationship still exists. We don't try to shut down the relationship and go on believing that that person disappeared and we will not be with that person again. So our belief system determines how we go through our grief and, and how we deal with some of these
0: emotions. Got it, got it. I like that part that when we go to mass, we're in communion with the ones that we lose. A lot of people don't don't know that part that that when we go th- through the masses we're in communion with the whole church. Right?
2: Yeah, one 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 thing Alejandro that being exposed to many losses in the even in the last year that we have been active in this group, uh, you realize some of these losses are impossible. To deal with you find yourself without words you 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 can't say you you feel like you can't say anything to help the other person heal but one of the things that we find that is very effective and we have some testimonies regarding you know about that is is receiving the Eucharist being in touch with God and being present in what we call, the Catholics call the communion of the saints. There we're in communion with the living and the dead. There we're all together. For me, and I think for many people, that moment, it's a moment where we're all together and we're in touch with our loved one. Maybe, maybe Bea, you can you can say how you know that. That helps you and but I like I said I've seen many people and there is one person who had significant losses in the last year and she's an Eucharistic minister she gives communion to other people here in the parish and and that she what she says is that it that really helped her you know deal with her losses and and feel peace as she was experiencing all these losses so that is the kind of stories that we hear.
0: When we did a, the pre-podcast conversation, which I enjoyed very much, there are things that we normally want to say, right, to someone who's grieving, but we should not. So what is the right way to help someone through the process? What can we say? What can we not say? What's the right thing to do? How can we, what can we do?
1: Okay, I know I Gonzalo know has a list uh, that we have made <laughs> together and we have come with a lot of things that we have uh, learn through this time I would say helping a friend or helping someone a family member who is going through grief, it's just being there it's just listening it's just being patient it's just being tolerant it's getting to know that that person is going through a lot of mood changes a lot of pressure a lot of numbness and that sometimes we want to rush that people. I know that there are people that say, I like, know you have to go out. You have to, you have to, the, perp- the person who is going to be on the side of, of that person has to be like a little soldier on the side, being like a shoulder and that's it. You have to be silent with every word, everything that you say, it's going to go against that person who's feeling. Trying to not to to pressure on what you want that person to do. Just let that person be at that moment. And if that person wants to be angry, let them be angry. If that person wants to eat a burger every day, you would say like, no, you have to eat healthy. No, let that person be at that moment. Um, That person needs you on the side. That person needs you there in silence and it's sometimes you say, what do you want? What do you want from me? Do you want, do you want help? Some, the person that is grieving doesn't know, doesn't even know what she wants or he wants. I mean, it's that that person doesn't even know. So don't, don't ask, just be there and, and be aware of what she might need and bring it to her, bring it to her. I mean, it's bring, bring it to that person. Don't ask because questions can be overwhelming as well. So leaving space to the person. If that person wants to be alone, you don't agree with that, it's, it's, it's up to you. But that person wants to be alone. I, I remember one person saying to me one day, like, we have inviting you to our house every single weekend. And we're not going to invite you anymore because you have been saying no. That, that, the person who's grieving doesn't need that. That's another grieve that you're putting on. That's a lot of weight you're putting that. I mean, if I would say to you, yes, Alejandro, do you want to have coffee? Yes, at five o'clock. And if that person at five o'clock doesn't show up because if there was a memory loss or doesn't want to go come out of bed or whatever reason, don't take it personally. That person is grieving and it's a decision also. I think being a, a, a person who wants to be there for a friend who is grieving, it's a decision and it comes out along with a lot of patience, with a lot of love, with a lot of uh, tolerance. The person should also know what grieving is and, and ask the community who has, has been going through grief what to expect or what to do with the friend that is in grief. Leaving space is very important. Getting to know that person, whether likes, dislikes. And I remember that I wanted to eat pound cake for a whole week, morning, lunch, and dinner. That's all I wanted to eat, pound cake. I had tried all the pound cakes in the key because my best friends knew that that's the only thing that I wanted to, to eat. So they didn't even try to push myself to eat sushi or salad or whatever. I wanted to eat pound cake. The whole community brought pound cake to me. That's it. I mean, I, I think be, it's a decision. It's very brave to be on a side along with a person that uh, touch base. Weekends are awful for people grieving. It's something that I Happy getting to know in groups and everything. Weekends are awful. So we you can reach out, you can knock the door. That person would say, no, I don't want to do anything today. But if you knock the door and bring a flower or bring something, that's something that pampers the person who's grieving. Getting to know the people who are grieving that you're there, but not like too much in there.
0: So if I understand correctly, we have a have- Take my notes here my notes I have so one I would say accompanying be that shoulder but don't say anything right but then we have two is be aware of their needs so try to like anticipate things that they from your relationship with them that you've had in the past things that they may have liked in the past things that you could bring to them or right stuff like that space give space don't try to be too imposing for do not Take things personal. I like that. Like if you invite them out, you know they're grieving, and that you invite them out for a coffee, and they don't show, it's okay. I would say even at the top of the list, I would put educate yourself on what grief is, and and lastly, do not impose any of what you think the person should do on them.
1: Yes, it's good to be. It's good to to put on the things that I get. Hey, you're invited to this. Not, not to not invite the person because that's awful. You invite a person. That's a decision of the person who's grieving to go or not. That's important because I would say, like, no, you know, don't call Alejandro because Alejandro, you know, his dad died two weeks ago and he would not want because he's grieving. No, you don't know if Alejandro wants to go or not. Just knock the door, say, Alejandro, you want to come? And I would Alejandro would decide at that moment, at that time, I've I, been invited to a lot of events that I say yes, that I'm already dressed up. And at that moment that I'm walking out the door, I say, no, I don't want to come. It happens to me, it happened to me this Saturday. I was in an event in the middle of the event. I wanted, I wanted to run, run away and I ran. And it was okay. And I'm already 18 months grieving. I took the step to go out to have fun. I was having fun and here comes the stages of grief. I was having fun. I was happy. I was dancing. And in the middle of the thing, something happened. I wanted to come back home and I cried for a long time. And I was very angry because I was alone. And, and I woke up in the morning and I was fine. What, what
0: can I say or not say? I know I can't say anything. But at some point I have to say something.
1: <laughs> well, you can say something, there's some things that you cannot say and it's a no-no. And we have the list. We have come with that magic list that you, Alejandro, you say, Oh my God, I've said that those things so many times.
0: Yes. So okay, let's do that. Let's dive into that, into that list of the things not to say.
2: I have a list here. So I can and and there many of them are related to God. on the top of the list is it it was God's will. That's a no-no. There's another one. He and she lived a long life. You should be glad that he or she is not suffering anymore. He's in a better place. She's in a better place. He she wouldn't want you to cry. You are young. You can have another child. You are young. You can find someone else. God never gives you more than you can handle. This will make you stronger. God is testing you. God needed hair more than we needed hair. You know, you have a guardian angel in heaven. Time heals all wounds. God is in control. Everything happens for a reason. She's a flower in God's garden. You have other children. It all happened for the best. It was her or his time to go. He or she is at peace now. Be grateful you had her, him, as long as you did. Be strong. Keep busy. It will take your mind off things. I know just how you feel. It's time to move on. Her death was a blessing. I don't know if you want to add more to that, um, Bea.
1: Some of these things are real. The person who's grieving, it's going to get to know those things in their grief.
2: Also, Bea, I think it's okay if I am the one grieving and I tell myself these things, okay? It's different if I am the one going through grief and I, I use some of these or if I believe some of these as sentences and I tell this to myself, that's fine. That's fine. Okay. But what is not fine is if I go out and tell somebody else who's grieving, you know, one of these uh,
0: lines, you know. So wh- why is it not a good idea to say these things to the-, to the person grieving?
1: My husband was dying and the person on the side was saying, you're young to reconstruct your life. And I had a lot of pain. I mean, maybe that person, I, I mean, I had a lot of pain that I was losing my loved one. How can you come and say that I will reconstruct my life 48 hours Then my loved one is no longer here? I mean, who are you to say that? If I want the person, it's, I mean, and, and I would say also, like, say, like, he is in a better place. How do you know? I know how you feel. How do you know how I feel? God sends to the battles to the best soldier. I don't want to be a soldier. So, how can be God send something to me if I don't want to be a soldier? I don't want to fight. And how does God know? And that's when anger comes. Because our words can make the anger to God, to that person that grieves, bigger. Because we are involving God in God's business, something that we do not know. What we know is that God comes and is with us through the grief. And how is God with us through the grief? Because there's friends, there's a community, there's people around us, a support, and that's God that sends those persons to company, to, to keep us in that battle. But we cannot say, Did God sent this to me because I'm a good soldier and I needed to do this battle. And it is okay to be angry with God. And it's part of the process, okay? that The thing is, in that angry, you can stay forever. You can stay forever and you're going to be miserable if you stay angry with God forever. Why? Why? Because it's something that doesn't have to be with him. It's humanity also. I mean, If a car accident comes and hits your loved one or something, it's something that happened. It's a fact. Time will heal. Yes, it will heal. But you need God on your side because you need to recognize that people around you and those are sent by God. And we cannot stay in the death. We need to stay in the part of the lived. I mean, what we live with those people. If you stay in the death part, that's when you're in grief, you in the anger, you stay in the pain, you stay, you stay fighting, fighting there. It is totally normal to be angry because you need to be angry because this happened to you and you were not expecting it. And you, you didn't choose to lose your mom or your dad during COVID time and not say goodbye to that person. You didn't choose 40 year old uh, dad with three girls to die in a cancer situation. But that's your life. And that's what you, you have now in your life. And what are you gonna do? You're gonna stay angry all your life or you're gonna, in honor of that person who lived, who loved, who you loved, you're gonna keep on moving forward, honoring that person's life. So that's a decision you have to make. And with God, I can tell you, Alejandro, I, I'm in a spiritual companion, and I can see the difference between the people who have faith and the people who do not have faith. They stay there in the stages of anger for a long time. So I would recommend the people who are grieving to feeling the pain. It's okay not to be okay. Having me times, recognizing what's going on, and also watering that faith, going through communion. Communion is very important. It's a part of it going to communion it's a lot of humility it's a lot of things that you have to accept that um eucharist time will bring you peace it's going to give you tolerance it's going to give you a lot of things that you need for the grief
0: i i know that we are running out of time so i have one more question um for you guys um here in synagogues i know that we have the the grief support group which i didn't know we had but it's also new right like two years or something like that. Do you guys want to tell us about it?
2: It would actually, I mean, it's not even two years. We began the training about two years ago, but the group actually started in January 2020. And then the pandemic came. We started meeting to learn, like you said before, Alejandro, to learn about grief. We didn't know exactly where we were going to take this group because like Bea mentioned is we have different type of losses. So we could have a group uh, for the loss of, uh, of a loved one, or, but also for the love of a job or the love of health or some other losses. But very soon we came to the conclusion that this group should focus on the loss of loved ones. And that's what we started doing. And we started meeting once every two weeks. And the original group was probably, I don't know, I think five, seven in total, uh, Bea being one of them. And, I, and the group really started to accompany Bea in many ways. But very soon, we started having, through the, the funeral masses and, and the activity at the church, and leaded by Father Juan Carlos Paguaga, he started referring people to the group. And that's how the group has been developing. We have meetings every two weeks. All of these meetings, so many of them have been through Zoom. We have had some masses and adorations. And every two weeks, we get one, two, three or more people joining the group for the first time. Basically, what we do in that group, it's it has to do a lot with what we were talking here. There are some rules that are basic. We don't give advice. We don't judge people when they tell their stories we only talk about ourselves. We don't preach in this group, okay? We don't tell people what they should do or what God wants them to feel or, or, or do. We just talk about, you know, what we're going through, where we are in our process. And a lot of what happens in that group is that when I tell my story, somebody else relates to that story. So something comes up in their grief process that ignited by whatever I'm saying. Most of our meetings, we pose questions. BEA is great at bringing questions to the group that makes make people think about their loss and their grief uh, process. And we share our answers or our reactions to those uh, questions. Sometimes we feel the need to have somebody to give us a talk. And we have priests who have given us talks, uh, other experts in grief who come and talk to us. So. That is kind of the dynamic of, uh, of the group. Uh, and and for now, we, we are dealing with every type of losses of loved ones. I mean, parents who have lost their children, someone who has lost their spouse, or people who have lost their parents, brothers, sisters, friends. So it can be anyone, and, and the group is open to... To anyone who, who's going through a loss, that it's emotionally challenging.
1: I would say these groups bring the hope that listening to people who are going through the same thing that you, maybe that there are a little bit more experience in the grief. You you see them talking, and you have this sharp pain that you can barely talk, and you can see you can see that person who has six or. Four Four more months than you that she's breathing. And you say, I want to breathe like her. And she says things that helps you like a little tool and a, a word or something. And these questions, like, for example, how, what have you accomplished recently? If someone doesn't ask you that, you don't recognize it. And say, like, oh, now I'm able to pay all the bills. Now I'm able to do this. Now, the other day I was able to fix a little bulb and I'm, I was not used to that. And now, so th- these questions would guide you to, to, to know that your life will never be the same after the grief, after the person who died, or after something that you lost, your job, your land, or whatever that stay on the past. These questions, these groups, they help you to have hope, like that light at the end of the tunnel. In my experience, I recommend people to try these groups. It's not that I'm selling here something, but this is something that it's a gift. I mean, I didn't want it to to assist. I assisted because Gonzalo said, "Listen, if, if we want to start the group, we need to assist other groups." So I went to another bereavement group outside the outside Q's game, and then I and I said, like during the pandemic. I sat there with a lot of people who were in, in different losses. And then I came to my parents and, and then I came to this group and while we were building. And it's amazing how you see that now that I have 18 months, I can pull out a person that it's five days only that they had losses. I can see there and I can say, it's it's okay. And she's going to believe me because I am going through the same pain. It's not going to believe someone that it says, oh, it's going to be okay to lose you, your husband. How do you know if you haven't lost your husband? But if, if you're sitting with a person who has lost the husband, as you, you are going to believe that person because that person went through the same pain. I cannot say to someone, I cannot say to Gonzalo, it must be terrible. Hey, I know how it feels to lose your mom because I haven't lost mine.
2: And I think a beautiful thing that you can observe participating in these groups is something that Bea mentioned about finding meaning in your loss. And what she just said to me, it's a way to find meaning in your loss because you know now that you can be there for somebody else. And 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 I've seen people, you know, with extreme pain, that when they hear somebody express their own their pain, they come out of their pain and they go out and help. And this happens in even in 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 the meetings. I mean, people go out of their own pain and they focus on somebody else's pain and they tell their story so they can help that person to have hope, like uh, Bea was saying. So to see a little bit of light and see how the process is going to move along we have people in this group who have lost their children 25 years ago and they come to every meeting and as painful as it is to talk about their loss which happened 25 years ago they know that about that by doing that they're helping somebody else and i believe or i and sometimes i can i, I think i can see the healing that takes place when somebody it's talking about our loss a loss you know, that happened twenty five years ago. You're still healing. It's like you never really the process never ends. I mean you keep you just grow over, but the loss is still there and the size of the loss is still the same size. So it's like your one one concept that I like there that I we haven't mentioned before, but is this thing that your life gets bigger but you know your loss stays the same size. It's like you're saying, before you wouldn't pay checks. Now you know about paying checks. But it's because your life is expanding, not because your loss is smaller. That's what I see. The losses are still there, and the life, you know, many of these people get
1: larger.
0: Bea, Gonzalo, thank you so much for joining us today and to talk about this uh, very sensitive topic. I definitely have learned a lot. I encourage anyone who's listening you know, to... Reach out to the local parish to see if they have any briefment groups or, or grief support groups and, um, and participate. So thank you again for joining us today. Thank
1: you. Alejandra. Thank you, Alejandro, for inviting us.